There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man. I'm here with my Balinese brother. He doesn't look Balinese, but he lives here with me and that's how we connected. And that's John Spender. How are you, man? Yeah, really good, man. Yeah, great to connect with you. Awesome, man. We were just laughing out about the... The first time we actually met when we went and had a quick cuppa with a heap of Aussie boys out with our friend, our mutual friend who's right into the tea ceremonies and we're, um, we had no idea what we're getting into but it was, it was a hell of a day though, wasn't it? It's a different world, isn't it? It's, uh, those, there's so many different teas out there, I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, some From of the, the teas are worth watching, yeah. <laughs> We, uh, yeah, we were, cause there was uh, one of the other guys with us and he, for those listening, he was, um, just, you know, like a, we're all, we're all Aussie actually, weren't we? Yeah, we're all Aussie and our yeah. friend's English and he's like, for those listening now, tea ceremonies are, are very legit and it's, um, ceremonial. You don't pay for the tea. You just go there and you, you share philosophy and, and, and just connect. And it was a four or five hour thing. And, and when we heard we're going to a tea ceremony, we didn't know really what we were going to be doing, but one of our mates goes, <clears throat> all right, time for a quick cuppa, shall we? And uh, we were there for five hours. <laughs> and it definitely wasn't yeah, a quick no cuppa. Milk. No milk and definitely no sugar. <laughs> uh, taint it. Yeah. But anyway, man, that was a good experience. Yeah. I had a good yeah. laugh. It was. It was awesome. So, Johnny, yeah. first question, where did yeah. you grow up and where do you live now? Uh, so, I was um, born in Parramatta, uh, Western Sydney. Yep. And um, as we, as a young family, we moved all over. Yep. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young. I think I was about five. Mm. Um, spent some time on my grandparents' farm in northern New South Wales and then um, moved back to Western Sydney in Auburn for a period of time. And then I, most of my um, childhood and schooling was on the central coast at a place oh, called wow. Gorick, Gorick yep. and High. Um, was there for 10 years and then moved back to Sydney and um, when I was, I went to college down there, I went to a horticultural college mm. and um, I studied horticulture, landscaping, and then started a, a business when I was 19. Wow. And, and w- so you're obviously living in Bali. Have, have you always lived in Bali for most of your adult life or? And no, I moved here seven and a half years ago. I moved here for an opportunity. I sold my landscaping business in 2010 and moved into life coaching, speaking and writing. Yeah. And um, I was trying out for all these different companies to be an international trainer. And I finally got an opportunity after a lot of, um, well, two main failures. And um, I finally got a call up and the company was a US company based in Ubud. And wow. so I went over to Ubud from Sydney, packed up everything. And um, the contract was a six-month contract. And when I when that finished, I hired a mentor and she helped me move my coaching practice. I had an office in Edgecliff, Sydney. Yeah. And um, moved everything online. 
Wow. And uh, yeah, I haven't haven't looked back since then. That was uh, 2013, um, July, August, right. August 2013, and went online. Wow. How, how old are you now? I'm 43, turning 44 in September. Ah, how are the 40s, man? I just made the 30s. How are the 40s? Uh, great. I mean, yeah, ups and downs. and um, But I've got to say I've got a lot more awareness. And um, if I'm making mistakes, at least I'm aware that it's actually my mistake rather than blaming everyone else and creating drama and stuff like that <laughs> like I yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's how it was um, for me. But wow. um Cool, cool. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying life uh, a lot more. Beautiful, brother. And, and what are you doing for a living right now, if you tell everyone now listening to that? Yeah, pub, uh, publishing. So yep. uh, we publish books. Um, we've published a bunch of different titles. Um, the, what we're mainly uh, known for is the book series that we created, um, A Journey of Riches, and we've yep. published um, 20 titles. In that book, we've collaborated wow. with over 240 author, uh, 220 authors from 40 different countries. And um, funny enough, I actually didn't learn how to read and write at basic level till I was 10 years of age. Wow. So I never would have thought that I would be, you know, in publishing or writing, contributing That's... to these books. I write a chapter in each one of the books. Yeah. I've written my own book. I've got a finished, um, uh, well, not finished. It's a first draft manuscript that's complete. Okay. But it needs a lot of work, and wow. um, so yeah, it's wow. You know, you can, you can you're never too old to uh, learn new things and yeah. adapt and, and the new skill sets. And yeah. wow, man! Uh, and, you've, yeah. and 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 tell us a little bit about the documentary that your your project, your documentary project. Yeah, so it's a movie documentary. Yeah. Uh, it's about um, the gift in adversity that, you know, good things can come out of um, wow. challenging times, that there is a benefit to having adversity, to moving through, to have the strength of moving through adversity. Mm. It's starring people like Dr. John Martini, uh, wow. Jack Canfield, Michael Bernard Beckworth. There's um, Jessica uh, Cox. Uh, she basically was born with no arms. And um, she has complete dexterity in her toes. It's just like her, you know, our fingers. Wow. And uh, she's a black belt in Taekwondo. She plays a piano all with her feet. Whoa. She drives a car with no modifications. And she's the first human being in histi- history to drive at a fly an aeroplane with no modifications. Uh, so she's fully licensed, fully licensed um, to fly light air- aircraft. You're kidding me. <laughs> So Holy she can kick shit. your ass with her feet, you know, she'll <laughs> pull up a car with petrol. I mean, she's like able, she considers herself as able-bodied. She fights for human rights and stuff like that. What an and incredible, so, yeah, incredible human. Very inspiring. We went to her place in, um, uh, where was it? Um, Tucson, Arizona. So oh, yeah. we went to her place with a crew and... Um, it's out in the desert, close to it's like a hundred clicks to Mexico, and um, yeah, filmed her. It was so inspiring. She does have a modified kitchen. The benches are a little bit lower because she enjoys cooking, but um, she can yeah, she's just there like so much balance on one oh. leg, right? Like her core stability is super strong, and um, oh my god, man, yeah, yeah. that's her, incredible. Her, uh, husband, yeah. Yeah, she's an amazing human being. We've got a lot of people like that. Um, wow. Yeah, Rod Harrison. Uh, I don't know if uh, you've ever no. heard of him, but he was a Tony Robbins trainer back in the, uh, I think it was the 90s. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's got an incredible story. And so there's just some amazing stories. And Michael Bernard Beckworth. Um, so he's... we just started, I just started from scratch. I mean, I didn't know any of these yeah. uh, high-profile people. I just wanted them in the film. And so I created a vision board. Yeah, I love this thing. And I just, yeah, I was just like, well, I was, you know what? I was studying, uh, you've, for sure, you've read Think, Think and Grow Rich, right? Oh, it's one of my favorite books. Yeah. Yeah. So I was studying that. I was just reading and I, I loved the section, I think it's towards the back of the book where he creates his own mastermind. Oh, yeah. With all the incredible thought leaders that during his time, I and mean, when we're talking like 1920s or 30s or whatever, 
So it was quite a while ago, but he was talking about transmutation of sexual energy. He's talking about having, connecting in with the consciousness of these people that have already passed. Mm. And um, so deep stuff. And so I started to have these imaginary conversation with these different thought leaders. And after a while, they'd said they would talk back to me. It's almost like a telepathic communication. It's almost like, yeah, like you're standing next to someone and you can hear their thoughts and you know they're not, it's not your thoughts. It's like, wow, I know what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> has that ever happened happen yeah. to you? Like, yeah, 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 totally. That's kind of like what it was. And, um, give us yeah, the, like Beck- give us the uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith story. Well, Beckwith, he was super chatty. I mean, uh, so was Jack and, and Dean Martini. And this is in the but head, Beckwith, right? You're talking about super chatty. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, a stir, a part of me was like, um, thinking I was a little bit crazy. It was an imaginary. <laughs> Beckwith, he was like really vibing in with the vision of the film, right? So I'm yeah. like, okay, um, well, how do I, how do we film you? Like, you like it? Blah, 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 blah. He goes, oh, just uh, come on over. Um, we'll make it happen. And so I, uh, <laughs> I booked two flights, me and my uh, DP, and we uh, flew over to Los Angeles from uh, airport, uh, from Bali, Denbisol, yeah. and um, went over. This was in the winter. It was 2016, uh, February. And so we went over there and um, we're walking through the car park. It was a Sunday morning. So it was winter. It was a beautiful, I mean, California, it was a beautiful blue sky, yeah. beautiful morning, the sun coming through the pear blossoms wow. um, in the car park of Agape. And that's his spiritual center. And he does spiritual, I guess you call them sermons, but it's not of a religious background. It's more like channeling energy. And it almost feels like he's talking to you. Like it's an epic experience. Wow. He does live streaming and stuff like that. He's wow. on a whole nother level. And, um, he kind of like raps as he's like communicating. It's like he's just communicating to you. And But there's Whoa. thousands of people. And uh, so walking through the car park and so the DP's taking some um, still shots of the sun coming through the pear blossoms. And then we hear this, oh, like just someone shout, shouting out. And so um, I looked over and it was like this spiritual bodyguard, like he's all dressed in white. And he comes on over, he's red-faced and he's, he's quite, he's angry. And um, he's saying, what are you guys doing here? You don't have any media passes. Uh, I've seen Whoa. you've got filming equipment. And he's made uh, the DP, uh, Agus, delete all the um, still shots. He's got, you've got to have a, um, a pass. Like you've got to pay to, you know, there's people paying money to set up stores here and you just can't come in. And he started giving us you know, a bit of a lecture and, then he goes, well, what on earth are you doing here? And I told him a vision of the film and it got him thinking. He's like, oh, he goes, oh you need to speak with Jacqueline Brown. Follow me. And we just looked at each other. So it was me and my DP and it was my um, friend's uh, ex-girlfriend and she works in film and she was the assistant. And we were all like high, well, not high-fiving, but we felt like high-fiving. Uh... I did anyway. And uh, we are just like little pumps of excitement and, we followed him over and spoke with Jacqueline Brown and told her the vision. And um, she's like, wow. She goes, well, you've uh, found a home here. That's the paradigm that we create. I was just like, wow. And I just, but it was like a soul connection. I could really feel in my heart. And then I met Leah Brown and she got us VIP seating right at the front. It was an epic morning. And then we got, we stood up and we got acknowledged. Like it was out of this world. We met Michael afterwards and just had like a brief chat. And then uh, communicated with his team, and that fo- the following Friday, uh, you know, we filmed him. It You're was, kidding! Yeah, it was crazy cool, mm. dude. So it just came from that the power, consciousness. That that's really what it is. Thoughts are things. Yeah, you know, that's the way that I see it. It's a consciousness, and when you project consciousness to another being, living, or you know, there's just a part of us that lives on, and. Wow. Like, I don't believe that. I know that. I've just had so many experiences um, with that. You know, yeah. not only the Michael Bernard Beckwith, but with, you know, other experiences as well. Yeah. And I mean, jeez, oh, I really want to, I just want to touch on this last little thing. What is like, for just quickly, one tip that yeah. you would say it's like really important for people listening right now to start implementing that in their life? 
is, yeah, like, know what you want to do. You know, know that you're an unlimited being that, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, all the answers are truly are within us. I know it's so easy to get caught up in the head. And, you know, as the saying goes, when you're in your head, you're dead. Yeah. And the more you can sort of have practices that really support your growth and your vision and just start where you're at, start where you're at and mm. allow yourself to be guided. Um, I mean, this process, I've been working on this film for almost five years now. Yeah. Um, we work supposed to be in the u.s now filming but of course what's going on in the world so you just yeah. just trusting trusting and um i think develop some uh, morning rituals get your day off to a good start and um start where you're at take little steps don't wait to feel like it's the right time or anything like that take the action and you know the feelings come after actually yeah. <laughs> most of the time you don't feel ready yeah. Um, but take that action before you feel ready. Yeah, beautiful, man. That's so good. We'll continue on with the other interview now. <laughs> I just, I'm glad we got, <laughs> I was, that's one thing I really wanted to get out of you today. That was, that was amazing. I love okay, that cool. story. Awesome. Uh, what, what's one thing you're really good at, bro? Uh, one thing, uh, I'm good at listening and uh, I'm good at uh, collaborations mm, and okay. um, you know, having empathy and, and patience even though sometimes I'm churning on the inside, I'm able to, you know, just see things from other people's perspectives and, mm. the, you know, especially with um, writing and contributing or even in the, in the film and you're in front of the camera, mm. um, it, it, it's challenging. You're on mm. the spot and you're sharing a part of yourself for the level of vulnerability and people need to know that they can trust you. And so having a level of patience, understanding and listening to their concerns, totally. um, something that, you know, I've just been refining and working on and, you know, I'm still learning and, you know, I'm a student for life for mm, sure. It's a good mentality. Um, eh? But that's, yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah, it just helps to be open for yeah. me anyway. That's what works for me. So. Yeah, lovely, man. Yeah. Uh, what's your biggest fear right now? Biggest fear, biggest fear. Uh, what the first thing that comes to me is not being enough. Yeah, not being enough. Mm. In 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 sense of like relationships and like friendships or like career um, mm. achievements. Yeah, just as it's weird. I mean, it just it just came to me. Um, but I think it's more like and, and it's I guess being enough as a as a person like. Mm. without having to achieve or do anything yeah. and just being accepted for who I am and being okay with that. You know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Um, but, you know, I think just accepting, loving accepting myself for who I am right mm. now. Uh, that's that, really the lesson that I'm, you know, and that's, I guess it's a journey, you know, as long yeah. as, you know, we're living and breathing and, you know, we've got things to, to work on and, yeah. um, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, embracing the journey, you know, and, and knowing what I enjoy to do and, and to do it. And um, yeah, like just yeah. do things that make me feel alive and mm, love it, man. Mix love it, it up a little bit. But yeah, feeling enough is cool. what sort of comes to me. Yeah. Cool. What's one of your favorite quotes, John? Um, oh, there's so many, so many good quotes. But. Um, one of the line, I love Dr. Seuss. One of the ones that springs to mind is um, uh, those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. Mm. Well, I think there's so like a powerful. longer version of that, but the, I like that sort of abbreviated version. It's in a children's book, but um, yeah, yeah, Dr. Seuss quote, fantastic. Wayne Dyer quotes. Oh, I love um, Wayne Dyer, man. Way, yeah. Cool. Change the way you look at things. And the things you look at change. Yeah. I really like that one from him. Yeah. So so beautiful, man. Uh, what's a conscious man to you? A uh, conscious man is someone that's aware of their strengths and weaknesses mm. and it doesn't necessarily defend them. You know, is yeah. okay with their, with, um, their un or rightness, mm. if that's even a word. But yeah, just being okay with every aspect of themselves and having a sense of, of inner strength, mm -hmm. um, but also like a sense of vulnerability and understanding and, and compassion. Cool. Uh, I think that that's really 
that's strong. It's refreshing when um, brothers um, come from that heart space. Mm, so. Totally, man. And what's one of one of the things that's challenging you right now? Uh, relationships. Uh, yeah, with uh, uh, I was uh, with the. Uh, uh, with my, I guess we're not going out anymore, but we were, and we had a mm. little, it was a small disagreement and, um, yeah, we kind of broke up last week and we had a bit of a chat last night and, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not kind of, it's not working out and, um, a challenge in that, I think it's just more about letting go. And I, I guess I'm, um, really proud of myself in that I haven't been getting caught up into to any of the drama or arguing or it's just like you know what you know i, I agree mm. you know, and um i've honestly say that i've done my best um to make it work but it's mm. i think relationships are one of the most powerful ways of discovering and learning about yourself yeah and um, totally uh, yeah that would be my uh, main challenge uh, right now so. yeah well thanks for sharing that man yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, what's unconditional? Speaking of love, what's unconditional love mean to you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's acceptance, total yeah. acceptance, and um, it's you know the good, the bad, you know the not so great, the things that you know you're you know you're ashamed of and fearful mm. of, and being accepted for those, and um, you know not wanting someone to change just so that you can feel more comfortable or you could feel better and um that's you know unconditional love universal love mm. you know it's something that we're all deserving of you don't mm. have to do anything or achieve anything you can just be and it's your birthright yeah so. yeah beautiful and this is the last question of this this section do you believe in a greater okay. power and what is that to you yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know there's a greater power for sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, oh, you yeah, saw I mean, you saw you saw part of it in action when you bloody talking to yourself. There's a universal intelligence that's just yeah. in everything. Um, there's just so much more to our reality that meets the eye. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just on this planet. I mean, we're a floating floating spaceship. I mean, it's yeah. just. It's crazy. It's, Incredible. it's just a miracle. And I mean, and then look up into the sky and, and see all those stars that each one of those stars is a planet that has its own solar system with its own planets. And tell me that we're the only life, intelligent life form <laughs> out here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're all alone. Oh, well. <laughs> um, it is really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nice, man. And um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're not alone and we can tap into a higher resource anytime we, we choose. And I mm. think that having habits, rituals that can harness and, and um, help you empower that is mm. really advantageous for your own growth and, mm -hmm. and um, what, oneness. What's one thing that you... consciousness. Yeah, totally, man. What, what's one thing that you do to sort of connect yourself to that, that power, that intelligence? Uh, yeah, I think uh, for me uh, is, I mean, it can be, for so this morning, for example, I did um, some uh, like different chants and chanting nice. and just some affirmations cool. uh, that I did some breathing. So I like to do um, four, four, four breathing, nice. uh, four, eight, eight breathing, and then like um, rapid breathing. So cool. priming. Yeah. Priming, or it's called, or um, so I like to do that. So I've done that this morning. Went for a walk this morning. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah. that, yeah, that really helps. Uh, I'm in Armin at the moment, so I'm right on the ocean um, here looking out of the ocean. And yeah. um, so it's a very inspiring place. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think that, and just doing things that you, you love, you know, yeah. knowing what you love to do and going, do, doing them and filling your day with fun and meaningful activities. Yeah. And um, so, That's yeah, beautiful. for me, I like to have a bit of a balance. So. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Awesome. Well, let's get into the real deal now. We're, we're going to talk about your yeah. personal journey. The first yeah. question in this area is, uh, what's your, what did your life look like as unwoke, unconscious, and what does it look like now? Well, that's a big question. Um, mm. Okay. 
That's wow. There was, I mean, I, I guess I still have moments where I'm not awake. To be <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm able to course correct much easier, but I have still times when I'm zoning out <laughs> or I'm like surfing on the internet and I don't know I should be doing something else or I, yeah. you know, I'm just fucking around. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that. so I still have those moments, but there was, I've got a lot more moments of where like I'm doing something by conscious choice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess before, uh, wow, like I was, I had so much um, pain that happened. And I think that this, most people can relate to the beginning of their journey and going through levels of adversity, um, emotional significant events. You know, yeah. we all have different trauma that we go through. I think that imprint period from zero to seven can be a really intense one for people. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I went through a number of different experiences in that time um, that I just thought, you know what? I don't have to address those. They were terrible things that happened to me. But I mean, what's the point of looking at them? I can just build a wall around them and just pretend that, you know, I didn't, <laughs> they didn't yeah. happen. And I'm talking, uh, you know, emotional, physical, sexual abuse. You know, I had mm. an uncle that, um, yeah, it was it wasn't pleasant, and I I never looked at it. It wasn't until 2008 that um, uh, a lot of different things came to a head. A, a serious relationship uh, ended, and um, badly. I um, started using recreational drugs again. Um, I was, yeah, I mean, at my height of unconsciousness, I think in 2000, I lost um, my first uh, landscaping company. Uh, you know, we, all, we did uh, big contracts. We did um, landscape, we did Olympic Games contracts, uh, big wow. council contract in Sydney. You know, I had, you know, a lot of different subcontractors, but I had 15 full-time um, guys on board. Wow. I was rocking and rolling, but I just thought, you know what, if I just be a success, you know, make a lot of money, you know, live a rich life, then, you know, that's all I really need mm. in life. And, uh, you know, I was so mistaken. I was not in touch with myself at all and my deep uh, emotions and how I was feeling. You know, I love what Osho says. He says, um, you know, think less, feel more. Yeah. And I'm moving more into that space. But back then, you know, I was taking copious amounts of cocaine and I was self-medicating. I, I had a lot of pain that I just didn't know how to address, didn't even know how to uncover or begin to unravel. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, it, so, yeah, it was just going through it just a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos and, and not, not really knowing really how to do it. Yeah. 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 It was out of control, you know, going out on you know, long, week-long vendors and it came to a head. I lost that company. <laughs> took me about five years to recover. <laughs> it, was a, it was a long time. You've definitely had your fair share of adversity, mate. <laughs> well, that's where the, you know, that's the gift. You know, I learned so much about myself and, um, yeah. you know, it was, a, uh, it was a challenging time for sure. And, um, but I came to learn a lot more about myself. I, you know, I lost everything material possessions but also lost my confidence and mm. and that's never a good place to be in and um you know low self-esteem low self-worth mm. uh, and it was challenging you know it was i thought that i was you know my thoughts i thought i was my yeah. emotions you know and now i realize you know i'm the feeler of my emotions i'm the thinker of my thoughts right and so like you've got you know, so much more responsibility for your own actions now totally totally yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was, and then 2008 was a really change, a year of change. I was in my early thirties and I started to see a Reiki master. I had 10 sessions oh, wow. with a Reiki, doing a whole bunch of other esoteric things. Um, I also got introduced to the John of God movement. And so with his facilitators and a lot of different esoterical things and, um, it, yeah, really helped me to, um, to heal and mm. release a lot of the pain. It was very uncomfortable. There's a lot of shouting and anger and resentment mm -hmm. and things coming out. 
mm. and not really having any control, but just pulling out of me and just helping me um, get in touch with my heart center and the beauty that's there mm. and not be so afraid of that, not be so afraid to feel and to be vulnerable and, mm. um, and letting go of, you know, um, yeah, the people pleaser of myself and, and rebuilding more of an authentic confidence within myself. And yeah. um, 2010 was another huge year where I just like, you know what, no more uh, acidic drugs, you know, mm. no more um, cocaine, speed, ecstasy, you know, all that stuff, ketamine. And, and so um, I had my last line. I was on Australia Day. I looked myself in the mirror. It was like a, a clear epiphany where I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? I, I couldn't get enough of what I despised and I despised wow. and I just hated myself for it. And, um, it was a huge change point, uh, in my yeah. life. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes, um, to get a handle on this, join a coaching program, invested 40 K. This is back in, uh, February, 2010. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, just, just dove deep into that. And, volunteered my time at Mission Australia and helped other people, help people that were borderline homeless in crisis situations that were worth, that were self-medicating on legal and illegal um, drugs, you know, uh, medicated for this, on Xanax and God knows what and, and helping them and, and getting change and using NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, which, you know, then I became a trainer and, and moved to Bali and, um, so yeah, that was was a huge turning turning point in my life, and and being of service, it was the first time where I, well, one of the first times I did something, and didn't get, you know, and didn't receive the payment. The payment was just, you know, filling my heart. Yeah. And um, so that was a, a huge um, turning point. That's incredible, sure. man. That's an incredible journey. Well, so was cocaine or was drugs, recreational drugs, your biggest vice during that period or was there something else? Yeah, yeah, totally. That uh, sex, um, yeah, that totally, yeah, alcohol yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was the feeling. You know, yeah. now it's, you know, I might have a little bit of red wine, but it might, two glasses and that's, that's it. I'm Damn. out. <laughs> And I'm done. I'm, I'm a lightweight. I remember, I think I had, um, I did have two beers the other night. You know, yeah. I was uh, feeling a little bit heavy in my heart. I actually did have two, um, I guess we'd say long necks in Australia, but they're around about 700 mils. And uh, wow, I was feeling, I was very, I was quite tipsy. And that's like, four, that's like four beers. Yeah. And uh, I remember like, yeah, like growing up. I mean, I, I first got, I was, uh, my first alcohol experience was when I was uh, 12. Yeah. You know, we skipped school and, and um, yeah. um, basically would, my friend's parents uh, had a bar. And so we just basically created a rocket Holy field. You know, so mix all different alcohol together. Uh, we used to get high off the barbecue gas bottles. You know, you really? get onto those. Sniff petrol, but that gives you a really bad headache. <laughs> um, also, soda stream bowls. We go into Kmart. We oh, then, pinch bowls. Like I'm like wow. 13, 14, and we would. Dude, you um, there's a machine, and you can just. We used to just tap a, have a nail, and tap a uh, nail into these soda stream bulbs, and you put them in a, a bottle, and then you just it's kind of like this, and then you suck it, and it's kind of like having it's nitrous oxide, so you're laughing, uh... anything or to. Um, you know, it was a form of escapism and, and medicating, but from a young age, so from 12 and intermittently. Um, so, yeah, and then marijuana, just to smoke a Fuck lot of bombs up. or bucket bombs wow. from a young age. Yeah, I think I had my first marijuana experience at 12. Um, got heavily into it from like 14 to 15, but got super, became super paranoid. Wow. Yeah, I shot up, became, you know, I'm still very skinny, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite tall. Yeah. I like to say I'm athletic, but um, back then it was a real challenge. You know, at 16, it was, you know, so many different changes. A lot of the friends I used to hang out with uh, left school or got kicked out of school. And, um, you know, I had to make some changes and, and change my, my peer group uh... Uh, to a more empowering one. And um, I got into swimming when I was 17. Uh, 17 to 
21, I was swimming and that really gave me a break. Uh, and then when I got back onto recreational drugs in my 20s, uh, 21 onwards, mm. um, then when I lost the, the company, I got into boxing and that helped me st- uh, keep off for a while. Wow. Uh, I would just ever intermittently uh, take them, just as like going out with friends or something like that. But it didn't really have... It wasn't didn't control me as much as it did um, before, but I did, I stopped that altogether in two thousand and ten. So. Oh, yeah, man, that's incredible! Yeah. Thank you for mm. being so real and raw there. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What, what was your biggest emotion through that period as well? Like, was it? I've got anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, anger. Like, which one hit you the hardest? Uh, I think uh, afterwards it was anxiety. And that's something because my uh, nervous system was shot. Yeah. Copious amounts of drugs. Um, So the after effects was definitely um, in a bubbling up of shame, guilt, all the stuff Mm. that I was suppressing. It's almost like pushing down a beach ball. You can only keep it down for so long, you know what I mean? And then boom, it pops up like a jack in the box. And, Mm. you know, everyone can see it, you know, it's um, Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. during that time, it was just more up and down. Like mm. you would have the high highs, but the low lows. And I remember, yeah, like just you know, having huge benders and but feeling like absolute death on the Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday, you're feeling a bit better oh, and yeah. Thursday, you're ready to do it all again. Yeah, um, crazy. And it was... Yeah, it was a vicious cycle, and, and that was a long time ago. We're talking, you know, yeah. twenty odd years ago, where I was really on that on that merry-go-round, yeah. and um, I had to get off. Wow. Know, it can get pretty dark. Wow, man. Um, and I got involved in, you know, um, you know, just people. I used to look up to an uncle, and then I found out that, you know, he was into the dealing scene and stuff like that, and. Um, it got really heavy and dark. And I write about it in one of the books, um, A Journey of Riches, uh, Transformation Calling. Yeah. And uh, it's a collaboration with uh, nine other authors. And I share about um, uh, getting involved. And, you know, my company was actually making more money, but I got into this drug dealing thing. And it was, I was just, I was terrible at it, but it was pretty heavy. And there was some heavy things going on. And, um, yeah, it was in good place. Ah. So that was, yeah, that was in my twenties. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. contribute like all of this, these experiences, to something that happened to you in your past? Oh yeah. So well, I uh, had a number of like really severe, um, I guess, beatings, uh, abuse. I mean, having my face rubbed in my own feces. Um, you know, I used to have a phobia about going to the toilet. Uh, or, or, or I'd be watching TV and I'd leave it to the last minute. And on one particular occasion, a, a, um, a nugget of poo fell on the floor. And my mother's boyfriend, he was a huge guy, um, built like a brick shit house, six foot eight, handlebar moustache. And um, he just had a short fuse. He trod in the shit and he just went, he went off the charts. And um, oh. yeah, he picked me up and pole driven me into it. And that was at seven. And um, yeah, I copped a few beatings, um, some pretty intense bullying, like made to eat dog shit and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I can laugh about it now, but it was, it was pretty bad, you know? And, um, you know, because I think sometimes when you have some bad things happen to you and we all do, and trauma is trauma, there's different levels of intensity, but it doesn't lessen the trauma, you know, and you can have something that might not seems so severe but it's trauma and um so yeah it's a calibrating the experience that you know every experience that we go through has two sides now it's very easy to look at that experience and say well that was a bad experience i wouldn't wish that on anyone but there's actually strengths and benefits that you, if you're i had to work with a professional i couldn't do it by myself and um, mm. able to calibrate those experiences so I could see both sides. And what happens is it collapses and then you're just left with, uh, I guess, a, a neutral f- appreciation and gratitude. Fuck, and that's, that's impressive. 
and yeah. and what is it like just changing your perspective on on that situation is like how do you get to see that happening for yeah. you though john like how was I it did, for you i did so well i i did work with dr de martini and he has a quantum collapse process it's called the de martini method so i did a lot of stuff with him i did a lot of nlp stuff uh yeah. timeline method like so many different stuff bro like hours and hours we did 90 hours of practitioner training in nlp and like you're both the facilitator and also the recipient and you're working on your own stuff yeah. and this is to become a life coach and so um working on that it was yeah wow i mean we did 90 hours in five days one day we didn't get any sleep mm. and you just you part bypassing the conscious mind and just going straight into the subconscious and so your absorption of the information just goes at a deep cellular level. Whoa, that's uh, incredible. Your recall is really, really quick. And you just don't even, you have a skill set, but you don't have a conscious awareness of how you know it. And it's, it's, it's pretty wow. cool. Um, but a lot of work, yeah. uh, different meditations and, and just continuing to doing that. Uh, I, some wounds, I just don't know if they ever really healed, but you're just, you, I guess for me, I just learned to accept them yeah. and just see the benefit that they bring. Yeah. You know, that there's, yeah. it's not not one-sided. There's equal or greater opposite to every experience that you've had. You know? was, was hindsight, hindsight was probably a big thing for you, right? Like over time? Well, when you're in it and you think that you're your thoughts, every thought's you and that you develop a level of sensitivity and, you know, you think that you're, you're your emotions yeah. and that's you, that's your reality. I mean, it's always, for me, it was like this, you know, didn't have an expand, expanded awareness at all. Mm. And, um, wow. yeah, working with the John of God people and a lot of different, I mean, some really different stuff that, um, had experiences, did a lot of stuff, past life regressions, which was wow. really deep. Yeah. Uh, and just gets to flush out the emotions and the um, charges, the triggers, trigger yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Far out, man. That's, that's incredible to hear that. Lots yeah. And lots. Thanks yeah. for sharing, man. You've working a... with Indian gurus. I mean, I'm a oneness blessing giver. I've done, a, yeah, just and you know, working with uh, did Medicine Wheel with Native American Indians in the US. And the hills of San Diego, that was that was out there. Um, what was just that? Facing what was your that? Own stuff. Medicine wheel. Oh, they took so these Indians, and uh, I think they were Cherokee Indians. Uh, Moonhawk uh, is the, the guy. I think he still runs them, but it's like a sweat lodge. So, but it's basically there's um, you, they're all surrounded by these rocks. It's so majestic. Really? It's almost like these rocks that are alive and the energy and the spirits that are there. It's Whoa. wow. Sage. I mean, I sage myself. I got sage. It's just over there. Everywhere I go, I take sage. You know, just it's like a cleansing spirit, the more, right? More yourself in your internal world. You get to you get to know that you know there's just so much more than our five senses. Okay. And um, that experience really highlighted that to me that we are just, there's just a spirit world as well. You know, there's an underwater world. I went scuba diving the other day. You know, that's a whole other world. Oh, man. And, uh, there's a whole other world that you can't see with your eyes and your senses, you know. Yeah. And um, that experience really woke, opened the door to that uh, even more than it already was because um, John of God also really opened that door and, um yeah, so that experience was phenomenal. And they had sage bushes. So before you go into this, and uh, I guess it's like a round igloo-type tent with um, animal skins on it, oh. you know, made of timber or something. And it's got this big pit and they stick, they've been cooking these rocks. So they come like they're glowing red and they just shovel them in the middle and it's super hot. The first afternoon, I actually drove down from LA the first afternoon I was like crying in the corner like a schoolboy. Uh, just all these emotions welling up. I had no idea where it was coming from. Just from you know, being in was, that sweat lodge. Yeah, and I was just crying and crying and crying. And that wasn't the second time. The first time I did it was at an Enlightened Warrior Training Camp, which is a Tiha at Eka event. And oh, Hawk wow. Moon was there's five days, and Hawk Moon was running one of the days. Um, and it's you just get so in touch with you know, your sense of feeling and awareness. 
and being okay with stillness and closing your eyes and being not, not being scared. I used to be scared of meditating, you know, and I, I, I guess all these different fears came to the surface because I used to be like, I don't have any fear. You know, I, I don't fear anyone, you know, mm. um, but I realized that I'm, there's just, there's so much strength in acknowledging your fears and owning that and, and oh. declaring it and oh, totally being okay dude. with that. You know, we all have fears and owning it. And so that process, and I remember the very first time that I did that process with Hawkman, it was in Malaysia in the, in the jungle. And um, in the middle of the jungle, in between Malacca and KL. And um, we're there for five days and uh, you have different activities on each of the five days. And one of them you know, was the, um, the medicine wheel process. And you had this, uh, you made this um, uh, tobacco bracelet. And it was like to honor the four seasons, the, four parts of life, like your ancestry, yeah. your family. And anyway, like it, were, it was pitch dark. And so the women were on one side and the, the blokes were on the other side. Yeah. And um, he's doing what you're doing, all these chanting and calling in ancestry. It was super powerful. Fucking hell. And you're sweating like a mother. Like it is, it's fucking hot. <laughs> and I wiped some sweat out of my eye because it's like a um, tobacco bracelet. Tobacco went into my eyeball. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was burning, burning. It felt it was like a blowtorch on my eyeball. Oh, and um, I just did a fuck. big spit. Yeah, you couldn't. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It was. It was so dark. And it was so hot. Um, every now and then someone was getting let out of the tent because they just couldn't handle it. And also it gets really hot in Malaysia as well. So not yeah, only totally. in like 34 degree heat, high humidity, it's hot as fuck. Mm. And you're in there, you can't see the hand in front of your face. And I just did this, <laughs> and my eyeball was burning out. I'm like, I just did this big golly and just rubbed it in my eyeball <laughs> with instant relief. Oh my God, like... Spit in the eyeball never felt so good. It was, yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. relief. Yeah, so, fucking so, relief. So you went, there, you went there with the mindset of wanting to become or heal some pain or, or become better. Is that what the mindset you went in there yeah. with? Yeah, I, I wanted to be more. Um, I wanted to be um, better. I wanted to play at a bigger level than I was. And, um, yeah, I just... I, one of the things that I did was uh, was just shy away. Uh, when I, um, I developed that a level of sensitivity, I would just shy away. I just only have like a handful of um, close friends, and um, you know the thought of doing collaborations or anything again just terrified me. Mm. And I just you know all these different trust issues came to the surface. Yeah. And, um, you know, something that I'm still dealing with today, like I don't like being around like big groups or anything like that. But at the same token, it's uh, I can go onto a stage and talk to, you know, three, four hundred people. Yeah. Um, be okay or in that or fly, to, fly to LA and, and just go and interview Beckett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, those, those sort of things. But, I, you know, I just like having a, you know, a, hand, a handful of mates and, yeah. and, and it, um, that's really close that I can open up and, and stuff like that. I feel um, yeah, and beautiful so, man. Yeah. Wow, and, whose love did you crave most growing up, and and who did you have to be to get it? Oh, that's a deep question. I, I, wow. Okay, my mum's. Yeah, uh, my mum's. Yeah. Um, it, I think it was very hard for my mum because um, she was a virgin when she met my dad. Mm -hmm. um, she thought she would be with my dad for the rest of her life. And, um, you know, he, you know, everyone's going through their own challenges and he did the best he could for what he knew, but he wasn't nice to her. Uh, he would, uh, turning point for my mum was he took two weeks off work. He was in the Navy, so he was away a lot and a lot of different things happened and I'm sure that he's not proud of, but he's much better than he used to be. And, and um, you know, it was many, many moons ago. Um, and so, yeah, I think I reminded my mum of my dad a lot. And so it was very challenging for her. You know, mm -hmm. you love your children and we had a lot of loving moments and she definitely did the best that she could. There was a lot of tough love. And, um, yeah, so I think it was very challenging for my mum. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and all wow. that. She, you know, she loved me a lot, and um, you know, she'd do anything for me. And she's the most loving human being I know. Um, she just went through a challenging period, you know, of a, of a chunk of time. And mm. um, yeah, she was mum, she was dad, she was a disciplinarian, you know. And and, and you know, a lot of times I probably deserved, and other times, you know, I I, I didn't. But um, you know, I think she had a fear of abandonment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her father committed suicide when she was 15. Mm. And, um, you know, there's it, a lot of pain there and acceptance. And, um, yeah. you know, understanding that has been really helpful for me as well. And, you know, we do, everyone, no one goes out to intentionally, well, most of the time, to harm another human being, especially, you know, your son, your daughter, or anything mm. like that. A lot of times it's, it's, it's past emotions being triggered and and a lot of times it's hereditary too it's passed down from generation to generation you know um mm-hmm. uh, tony robbins tells this amazing story of like well they had thanksgiving and you know they used to cut the legs off the turkey and he was like wondering well what did cut like right down to the where the meat starts on on with the turkey and uh his mom goes well that's the way we've always done it and then he found out, well, the grand, the uh, grandfather, they basically cut the legs off to fit the turkey into the pan. And I think that that's, um, you know, a demonstration of what happens with behaviours and, and conditioning and, you know, why you do what you do. When, and the gift of those experiences happening to me is like exploring why, why I do what I do mm-hmm. and that, you know, know that knowing that I have a conscious choice and that... Um, and flush that out and to work on that stuff because you don't want to keep passing on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, man, totally. That's crazy, that story. There's also a story of like a friend who went to a breatharian retreat in Brisbane and they had um, an example of fleas in a glass jar. Have you heard the story? The fleas? No, I haven't. So basically they got fleas in a glass jar and they would show everyone and the fleas would jump out, right? And so then what they did is they put the lid on it for 24 hours or say for a couple of days, I don't know exactly how long. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. they kept the lid on it and then they opened the jar back up in front of the class and took the lid off and the fleas would only jump to the lid. And they had been basically programmed and trained to only jump as far as what their limits were placed on them by their environment. And then what the crazy part was is that not only that they would not jump higher than the, where the lid was, the children, the new fleas that were just born would only jump so high as well. And it just goes to show exactly the same thing with the, the, the turkey in the, in the tray. It's like you will be, beliefs will be passed down whether they're yeah, said totally. or not. So it's, it's insane, hey? That's a great example. Yeah, I love that. I hadn't heard that before. That's a good one. Yeah, I heard it yeah, um, out in the wood, actually, a friend out there. But yeah, oh, crazy, okay. man. Cool. Yeah. So, so talk to me about yes, yeah. one of the lowest points of your life, John. And we're on the we're we're at the pit now, and we're coming back up, so we won't go too much deeper. But tell me about. <laughs> well, I've had plenty of low low points. Um, I think a lot of the different stuff happened to me when I was a child. You kind of just move on. Well, I did. I moved on really, uh, I guess, quickly. But I I didn't really know because I was so young. I didn't really know how to feel, or and it's just suppressed, mm-hmm. and then it. For me, it came out later, you know, in any social behaviours, drug taking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, lowest point of my life, I would say, when I lost my first um, business was one of the, the lowest points. Mm. Um, you know, I had a lot of different suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. Um, you know, was going to jump off a cliff and, um, you know, I was still medicating, you know, with trips and, ecstasy and cocaine anything yeah um ice you know ice so they just call it shabu back in the late 90s shabu um, they called crystal meth crystal meth yeah ice i think they call it now um but yeah so anything at all um you know alcohol anything to just change um get your state change your state to get into like feeling higher better yeah yeah. And, you know, and what goes up comes down. You know, I've even, I even smoked crack. I mean, that took me so high, but then it took me so low mm. within a matter of 
you know, 10 minutes. It was pretty crazy mm. stuff. And yeah, that's I why I just got so addicted to that, you know, crack. It's, woof. Um, that was very low. Yeah. yeah, we're talking like 2000, 2001. Really, my saving grace was getting into boxing. Yeah, wow. I got into boxing, created discipline. It created routine. I trained six days a week. Had a trainer was very old school. Um, so sometimes I'd come back, you know, I'd have a bloody nose. I'd be a bit concussed. You know, sparring was pretty tough. Um, you know, we had, you'd sparred in heavyweights, super heavyweights, you know, these well, are the amateur rank. Did you fight? And, um, yeah, yeah, I had, uh, I had, a, 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 I had one, one, one amateur. I trained solid for eight months wow. and uh, six days a week, and just took it really seriously. And then I, you know, you know what? I don't have that killer instinct. Yeah. Um, of yeah, so I won. I went to South Juniors, and um, it was like Thursday night or Tuesday night or something. And, um, you know, had some family there and some friends and uh, it was a great experience under lights and everyone cheering and um, it was a light heavyweight and uh, was a Navy champion, actually. You beat um, him. And the guy that I was originally supposed to, um, to fight, uh, he didn't make it or something, something happened. It was Nathan Barrett, uh, the guy. He's stocky and solid and I'm a string bean. I'm like tall. Um, string of pelican shit, really, uh, and I say that in the most loving way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing to me. Uh, I'm, I'm tall. I don't look like anything. I don't look like a box. Um, but you know what? I had harder sparring sessions than I did that that night. Even though you're wearing smaller gloves, uh, I've had some intense sparring sessions, and um, yeah, people just trying to take your head off. I mean. So was um, this Navy champion and he was doing the whole peekaboo thing. He was shorter than me and he was just trying to get in. Um, I've got a long, I've got long arms. I think I've got yeah. my arms along my, um, from arm to arm. Longer than your height. Meters. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, what it's a just reach. Two two, yeah. So I've got a long reach and then, you know, you develop a bit of, um, you know, stick and move strategy and a little bit of skill. Um, you know, just doing something, beating on a craft, you know, and, and um, yeah. but yeah, it's, yeah, it wasn't well, a life for me, but it yeah. was it really helped me through that period of time is the point I wanted to make. And I learned that, you know, I don't like to hurt people and, and, um, and in sparring sessions, I mean, there would be some big guys and um, they just come forward and, you know, they're bloodied up and, and I was just like, I don't want to do this. Wow. Wow. No, Incredible, man. Incredible. Other people and, you know, but it gave you that discipline, didn't it? Or, yeah, that's, yeah, it was really, it really helped me. It gave me that discipline and, um, you know, combat sports, you know, I think that they're all the rage now and people enjoy them. Uh, it's tough. Wow. But it, it really helped me and, and boxing and punching on a bag and shadow boxing and, um, you know, it was really healthy for me. That's I've done cool. a little bit here in Bali as well, um, but it's old school and it's, it's brutal, you know, but yeah. I just much prefer to um, just work on the skill. It's an, it is an art form and uh, the strategy of it and the sweet science, as they say, and yeah. um, having the spa and stuff like that. Um, I used to just joke around. I was, you know, people say, why did you stop? Was, you know, you were getting, you were getting good. Because I'm too pretty to be a boxer, you know. I look after <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, no, was, shit, man. You know, the real reason was, you know, obviously for me was I, you know, I didn't like the, the fight. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that, brother. I, I'm actually going to start yeah. doing some. There's a, a gym that opened up just down here. I'm going to have. have yeah, a, oh, it's play. great for fit. Yeah, yeah, and your mindset and yeah, pushing mm. through boundaries barriers for sure cool. yeah, that's really. wicked man so what was the what was the moment of awakening for you like the one that just went boom like fuck i've got to change uh well i had a few but one that really was like there was no real turning back from was 2010 uh when i had that epiphany i was yeah. a, it was australia day, australia day. yeah uh, yeah it was in bond i was living in bondi at the time i was at the bondi hotel doing lines and um i would you know, I wasn't, you know, I still had a successful business and stuff like that, but mm. you know, every now and then would I have a few lines, 
you know, um, go out and have fun, you know, no big deal, right? But I, I wanted more out of myself and I knew that I, um, there was more to life for me, you know, mm. and I, um, yeah, I wanted to make some changes and I wasn't happy with um, the person that I was and mm. doing that and mm-hmm. there wasn't any inner fulfillment within me and I wanted that. You know, I wanted to create things. I wanted to be of service, but I just didn't, you know, it wasn't clarity like that. Mm. I just knew I wanted something. And when that moment, I knew I wanted something different to doing those lines and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Wow. So what, what healing did you use from that point on? What was the biggest healing modality that you used? Uh, well, NLP yeah. uh, was a huge one. Yeah. Um, prior to that, um, uh, John of God meditation. The Holosync was really, really good. I don't know if you got into that Holosync no. series, but it was uh, like higher frequency and it changes your brainwave frequency. Wow. So we're not operating in a, a better state. It takes you to alpha or uh, high alpha. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, and, and, uh, was incredible. That was really, really good. Um, did a whole bunch of different, the tapping. Yeah, uh, EFT. EFT. Emotional freedom technique and uh, work with a lot of different, you know, gurus and people. Uh, work a lot with of coaches, amazing. mentors. Yeah, a lot of coaches, mentors um, that work on the, you know, my, my inner self and release yeah. the pain, kinesiology. Yeah. yeah, heaps of different. I used to just go out and seek, you know, if there was someone was doing something, past life regressions uh, really helped me to um, heal some hurts and um, auditing. I did some stuff with Scientology. I, I, I did some stuff with Landmark. Mm. So many different wow. things. Did stuff with Oneness University. Cool. Uh, that was the, the um, guru that um, the Robins used to see. Yeah. Um, and wow. so, yeah, I did a lot of Robins trainings, Christopher Howard trainings. Yeah, heaps. Um, cool. 21st Century Education in Australia. Jesus uh, Christ. Mindset stuff. Yeah, heaps and heaps and heaps. Um, yeah, and then got into coaching myself. And I think when you're a coach, you're really on that fine line, uh, dealing with your own stuff, but also helping people through their own. And so, you know, having a coach and, and flushing that stuff out and yeah. going along is really critical, was critical Incredible. for me. Incredible. Yeah. Fuck, so um, cool, man. And yeah. what about your friend group? That's uh, How's that changed as, as, as you've changed? Is it better? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much better. Um, mm. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've just got like um, more, a lot more. I still have um, some people that come up from my old world. And I just it was just the other night actually, and I was just like, wow, like the way that this person is speaking to me. That used to be normal in our reality, but that's just not okay now. Yeah. And I know that this person is not going to change. Uh, you know, he's always been the way he's been and, and that's fine. So I, it's not unfair to me expecting the change, but I don't want to entertain that either. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one of the key points for me to happiness is not arguing with fools or defending yourself or having to say, you know, I, I'm worthy and I matter. You know, best, you know, silence can be the best response sometimes. And that was just the other night and I was just like, you know, yeah. like, you know, for me, I've just learned to distance myself from the people that don't clap when you win. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like friends, like I totally resonate with that because friends are the ones that want the be- want you to reach your best potential, your highest potential, and they'll support you no matter what through that process. Whereas it seems like the older group is almost like, it's, all, it's almost like, oh, if anyone tries to do great, it sort of it shines on their insecurities and mm. and it's like pull pull you back down. Would you agree? Oh, it's the bucket. It's the crab in the bucket mentality. One crab gets to go out, and the other crab will pull literally pull the, the crab back into the other crab back into the bucket. Whoa. You know, you know, all that another Fucking analogy. Of I love that. The eagle with the chickens. You know, the, this uh, eagle chick, when it was baby, fell out of the nest and fell into a chicken coop and it was raised by chickens. No way. And this eagle thought it was a chicken. <laughs> and so it just walked on the ground like a chook, but it's making eagle noises. What? And, uh, 
and then it would try and fly and all the other chickens are like, oh, you, you, you don't, they don't do that. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Eagles are made to soar. You know, us human beings, we're made to soar. We're made to look at our own stuff and, you know, it's different. Fuck. It's, it's the, it's the hero's journey. It's what jo- Joseph Campbell, you know, was talking about all those years ago. Yeah. You, know, you need to go to that place that you fear the most. Yeah. Know, it's has nothing to do with anyone else but ourself. Yeah. And it's the internal journey. It's the hero's journey. Whew. Man, I love that. I love that. Yeah. What, what part of this journey, this conscious journey, are you most grateful for, Johnny? Oh, everything. I really am. You know, the good, the bad. You know, the stuff that I just wouldn't wish on anyone. You know, we all have that. And um, but that, you know, that forges character. That gives you the mm. inner strength and determination and the discipline, you know, to be true to yourself. And, you know, when things get a little bit challenging and maybe, you know, I might get tempted to go look at the, look at the other road. But, you know, I just, you know, it's, uh, yeah. All been for a reason. Mm, absolutely and so grateful for everything really and uh, you know and being grateful for the present moment and, and living as much as possible in the present moment and and being open to receive the magic of synchronicity and connections and flow and abundance and joy and happiness and you know because we deserve it i deserve it you know mm-hmm. and you don't have to have done something special or anything like that just because you're breathing you, you're entitled to that yeah. You know, I think we've been suppressed so much, you know, from, you know, a, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, but, a, a, you know, a totalitarian um, few that want to keep everyone small for their own benefit. Yeah. And, um, you know, does it, we're really unlimited um, beings and anything is possible. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man. And the last question for the series, what's one tip you would give your old selves just starting this journey? Yeah, is uh, yeah, have the experiences, surround yourself with, uh, you know, the people that, you know, uh, are living the life that you want to live mm. and, um, you know, wow. own your power, you know, get an understanding of what I want and just go for it. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. What a great tip. Man, thank you so much for your sharing your experiences. Yeah. That was incredible, to be honest. Like, <laughs> uh, I actually haven't heard, we haven't had enough time to go as deep as that. And so thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. And thank you for holding the space and, yeah. and, and listening. You know, I felt really supported and, and guided you know, through your questions. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries, and thank you to everyone listening. If you if you have any, if you did resonate with this, if you have any questions for John, uh, I'll put his Instagram in here, and you can just reach out and touch base. And thank you again for listening, and and always remember that this is not a this is a uh, a journey, not a destination, guys. Uh, Like we we haven't made it, and I think John really highlighted that at the start. Is like he still has moments where he's unconscious in his actions, but he knows how to bounce back. So don't feel like you're uh, too far away. It's, it's right there for the taking. And just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.